0: Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness
1: for
2: inconceivable adventure.
3: Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of
4: critical vehicle functions. And we have made it to
5: start by... You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Burberry Podcast EGX Special. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Mayfield. Hello, Ryan. And Mr. Guy Huff. Ryan. And introducing Mr. Lee Rice.
6: Hello, I am. New person, new, new, new kid, <laughs> new kid in <laughs> school, new kid in class. a corrupt... new kid on the block?
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't corrupted him just yet, so we'll see how long that lasts. I mean, we yeah. will,
6: but, you know, so he's got to spend a day with us. So. It's
3: 17 and a half
6: seconds, I reckon. But can I just say, Keith, that's an almighty scratch you have on your watch? That's horrible. Yeah, but it's just a blast protector, so oh, okay. it's, it's easily replaceable. Thank God for that. I mean, you <laughs> know, had <laughs> me worried for a second there. When did you scratch that?
3: Uh, probably during some workshop where I was getting, getting kind of, you know... Rough and ready? Yeah, ha- hands on. <laughs> With his tripod. I have a proper job, you see, and it doesn't involve just moving
6: paper around offices. <laughs> Attitude. I know, yeah. Attitude. All right, well, how's it been anyway? Uh, Flynn's arcade? that's the T-shirt you're rocking. Uh, yeah, Busy. Busy
3: scratching my watch face, you know, is playing that, a bit this, of games. Is, no, no. Is, is this, I this a fresh injury? Go, No, I, I, bought, I bought a replacement off eBay ages ago, but I just haven't got around to doing it. So I shall replace my watch face at some point. It's only the cover. It's fine. Is
5: it an actual Apple Watch?
3: God, no. No, it's a cheapo Fitbit that I bought off eBay. So it does what an Apple Watch does, yeah. but I haven't had to pay loads of money, and I haven't got to worry about scratching the face up every two seconds. So...
6: Is that what he did this week? I'm confused now. I'm lost. He started like saying stuff, and then he started talking about his watch again. Which yeah, I think I've got is. him worried now.
3: I have not as exciting as you lot. My week is pretty just kind of like work, go oh. home, eat, sleep, go out, do some stuff. I'm not younger, exciting sleep, anymore. sleep, drink, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not young and exciting anymore. I don't know. If, like, oh, no. you're I don't young have and Exciting in my I don't eyes. know. If people ringing me up going, "Would you like to go here? Would you like to go there? Let's go to the cinema. It's like, uh, I, I can't do I'm that. going for the man who lives at the cinema now. Well, know. what happens if you get a cinema pass? My life is basically watching ads on TV, looking at the uh, terms and conditions of saga ads.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: pay, ne- pay £5 a week now and you could pay for your funeral, um, but you may lose it all if the market goes under. It's a scam. And also, daytime TV is terrible.
6: It's I mean, what are you watching on daytime TV?
3: Uh, I can't. Remember. I don't even know what the names of the shows are, but they're generally awful. I mean,
6: this is why you should get a Cineworld pass, right?
3: Yeah, that's true, but they're expensive. My TV comes with a house. <laughs>
6: Uh, what have you been up to this week on I did something mean so
3: when like every it, other week is it ever? this week <laughs> this week <laughs> last week
6: right so I'm um I'm going home last night from work and a couple of kids faffing around on the way to the train station picking up conkers. But they're getting in everybody's way. Like They've jumped in front of a bike and like the bike nearly fell into the road. You know, it was, a whole, it was a whole debacle. Anyway, I got down to the train station. These kids are cracking the conkers out of the shells, And the conker rolls in front of me. So what did I do? I booted it onto the train line. And I just heard them go, oh, man. Oh, I just felt so happy about that it was just kind of like yeah that's right I'm the mean person who's just kicked your conker onto a train so
3: when I was listening to Virgin Radio this morning and it was saying that there was trouble on the line between <laughs> Birmingham <laughs> and Selly Oak so that's where my thinking was going yeah, like, did you stop straight. the train <laughs> Guys, stop I was expecting train. it to
1: go
6: worse than it went derailed <laughs> like a train with a push. conker <laughs> <laughs> just a gentle push do you know when you just, sometimes you just feel like, do you know what, I'm going to ruin your day, and just for the fun
3: of it. you, know, you see, I, I'm siding with the kids, because, like, you know, life's pretty boring most of the time, so the excitement of getting a load of conkers, I kind of, like, you know, that's cool. I'm a, you know, obviously there's a health and safety issue, and they can't actually, like, play conkers in the schoolyard <laughs> anymore. So why they're smashing them up on the street. But at least they weren't throwing them at you.
6: I mean, next time they... Bug- Which i suggest to
3: them, if I see them, I'll <laughs> go, see, you remember that kid that... Remember that old man that kicked your conker into the... Sc- Line. <laughs> Just throw a man next time. <laughs> uh, She's easily I- angered.
6: <laughs> I also went to go see the film A Simple Favor, and I've decided that like women in tuxedos. Is the best thing I've I mean, ever seen. That you're going
3: to wear stilettos as well
6: from now on. Yeah, why not? Well, I might as well. Yeah. You were obsessed with the shoes. Oh no! That, like that film has, has a good array of shoes in it, so it really makes you want to go out and buy decent shoes. Like, like there's a lot of good. There's a lot of fashionable accessories on display in that film with my own and female. And as a particular fan of fashion, I did appreciate what was on what was on display. Um, but yeah, women in tuxedos—that is a thing. I'm learning more about the
1: team than I ever thought I would. So, <laughs> Lee, <laughs> tell us about your week. What have you been up to? Uh, well, like, like Heath, not particularly the most interesting week, but uh, it's mostly just been gearing up for EGX and prepping for my D&D game, which still stresses me out to DM all the time but I still enjoy it
6: but it stresses me out <laughs> what have you been doing to prep have you been doing like exercises like pull-ups and like oh like yeah oh yeah all working out yeah yeah I mean, well
1: I mean the amount of books that I've got those on their own you take them all and just do weight with those that's great um but yeah just uh prepping like dungeons and getting encounters ready and trying to figure out how to get a player out of the party who's not here this week and that sort of thing so is that, is that because you don't want them there or no no no, no. He's, he's on holiday but obviously it's like what, it, what happens with this character this week where's he going he's, so got, he's booked
3: we, annual leave the genius yeah. the genius thing you've got now Lee is if you listen every week you can set up scenarios based on Guy's life yeah. so you've if entered you a dungeon. An there are wizards. loads of conkers goblins yeah. are picking up the conkers what do you do
5: yes yeah, so if you yeah, okay. need an angry
3: wizard for your game model is there you see in my head I was thinking grumpy dwarf but you know see I was thinking like how
6: the hell do I work in the stiletto thing (laughs) (laughs) do I think I would look good in a pair of stilettos if now they said it Keith like I'm looking at my foot and like I rock a solid cowboy boot so you know what you'd be a liability in a dungeon though because there's often the pavings (laughs) are cracked you're gonna
3: guys now stuck with his stiletto in a in a paving stone do you leave him?
0: Oh, well,
5: no. We always know there's loads of drains as well, so we will get stuck in the drain cover every 30 <laughs> seconds.
6: I mean, I think you should have just stopped where you said, Guy is a liability wherever you take <laughs> him, really. Like, um, you know, this is a proven thing. And I'm sure as we listen to this podcast today, I will prove myself to be a liability at various stages. Ryan, how's your week been? Quiet. Cool, let's go on with the show. <laughs>
1: it's
6: actually
5: been quiet. I've been doing a lot of prep for today, so arranging interviews... Scoping out the place, nowhere to go, sorting out the Wi-Fi, all the fun stuff. How has the Wi-Fi been? Awful so far. It's <laughs> dropped out about seven times, but now we've actually got the press Wi-Fi, fingers crossed.
6: Will that like suffice, though, till you get into the building? Has that got the lasting Wi-Fi appeal? <laughs> yes.
5: I'm not going to lie. Shall we explain our Wi-Fi experiences? Because the thing is, at the, at the NEC, though, it is a lovely place. It tells you you have 4G everywhere until you actually want to use your phone for anything, and then the 4G just goes, mm-hmm. bye-bye disappears off. I tell you what I, I'm not as, as a geeky show we need our technology we need our constant internet
6: well we'd also discussed as well talking about doing a feature called coffee review so we thought we'd go to Press Area review the coffee ain't no clean mugs it's like, it's like it's like a it's like a kitchen in a workplace where no one wants <laughs> to clean it you know it's just like everything's been left on the side you've got to scramble to find a spoon
5: I oh. can imagine that at 10am, as soon as that press office was opened, the
7: crowds went in.
5: <laughs> you know that episode of Spongebob, where he puts like, <laughs> the sign out, and ah.
7: people mob him for the Coffee, coffee, <laughs> coffee, 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 <laughs> coffee.
6: I do
5: need coffee, though. Shall we go and get some coffee? We'll go and get some coffee, and check back in with you all a little bit later. Gaming news. The PlayStation Mini is coming out soon. Mm. Mm, Christmas Eve, basically. Forty-five percent smaller than the original PlayStation One. Yes. So they're basically copying SNES, NES Mini, Commodore Atari. 64 Mini, yeah, basically Atari Mini, yeah, Mega Drive Mini, Mega Drive Mini, mm, Mega Drive Mini. Master System Mini, Mini i and wait for the Magnavox Odyssey Mini. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's true. I'd like a Vextrex you Mini.
5: Can, you can get miniature arcade machines. Yeah. yeah.
3: Let's wait for the Philips CDI Mini.
5: No, because I'll put that Legend of Zelda game on it. Uh, <laughs> I all of
3: them. I'd like a Panasonic 3DO Mini. Nice. Myself, really. I'd like a Neo Geo Mini. Maybe isn't that a Switch? Or oh, whatever. Yeah. You can get Neo
5: Geo and stuff. Yeah, but they have the best games, best fighting games anyway. They have been
3: from they have the best games to they have the best fighting
0: games. I had games, to clarify that. Was, it. <laughs> that was a rough... <laughs>
5: Right. so basically yes, it's yeah. a very small version of the original PlayStation Classic or the PlayStation 1 that's people actually owned it and owned, uh, or as the PlayStation yes yeah. so it's going to come preloaded with 20 games so the tiles announced so far are Final Fantasy 7 which is why it's not coming out on the Switch mm. Jumping Flash never played Ridge Racer
1: Type 4 played the demo years ago
5: Tekken 3 which I spent more hours than is reasonable on yeah yeah and Wild Arms again, a game that I never. Remember.
1: I've played Wild Arms and found it kinda of bland. Like it's it's sort of JRPG by numbers essentially. Yeah. So. Everybody's gonna buy it for Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII, yeah.
3: It's not like Final Fantasy VII isn't available on pretty much any other format. I still have a copy on Steam before they took it off the store,
1: so it's been kind of like too late?
5: Oh it's mm. already
0: bought
1: it.
5: Are the controllers wired?
0: Uh, to the
5: it says here. The mini console will come with two replica PlayStation controllers in the box, along with a HDMI cable and a USB cable. They are the original controllers, not the dual shop. Okay, that's cool.
1: So So all the people demanding Ape Escape are not going to get Ape Escape? Yes. So it is
5: much smaller than the original. Yes. It's basically just going to be a little plastic shell with a Raspberry Pi shipped in it, isn't
3: it? Yeah, because you haven't haven't got to put an actual physical disc in there. Yeah. But what what other games would you want to see on that list of twenty? Now nah, that's a question and a half. So what? for me, I'd go Metal Gear Solid straight away. Yeah, Metal Gear yes. Solid definitely. Abe's Odyssey, possibly. Nice, yeah. good call. Die Hard Trilogy. I put that one there. Yeah, like, but then you need a gun comp.
5: Yeah. Can you get a mini gun comp? It was like yeah. a keyring size gun con <laughs> Shooting at the TV. <laughs> but you can. It you can can do it with on. the controller. It's not going to work with a HDMI TV, is it? No. I'm, sure I'm
3: fairly certain the Die Hard Trilogy doesn't. You don't. You need. A, you didn't need a G. I think the
5: only game that worked was the Die Hard with Avengers game, where you didn't need a G-Con because the first two were pretty mm. much shooters. Because mm. Die Hard Two was pretty much virtual, which is another great game that would have been on there.
1: They yeah. should probably get the original Tomb Raider on there.
5: Nice, good call. Yeah. I mean, no, Final good
1: Fanta- s- version. Though. Yeah,
5: Final Fantasy Seven just yeah. makes me happy. So <laughs> it's a game I know that even though I'll replay it to death, it's, it's guaranteed sixty hours for... Before- fun. Final Fantasy VIII, I'd quite
3: like to see. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, who's buying them? So We know Guy bought the Super Nintendo one last And the NES yeah. Mini. And he doesn't really play them. Well, this is a man who bought a PSVR, so... Yeah. Buyer's <laughs> remorse. I mean, I am kind of tempted with this one. <laughs> yeah.
1: We now have a yeah. SNES Mini, but I'm less excited about this. But I think that's partly because I still have my entire PS1 collection. You know? Yeah. I
5: suppose... It depends if people are going to do what they weren't supposed to do with the NES Mini and the SNES Mini and, <laughs> and open them up to put some other... Oh, you know that's into. going to happen.
0: Because yeah. if you can
5: get a one phone a 12 micro SD card and pretty much put half a library of PS1 games on it quite easily, and that you went, oops, didn't mean to be Mr. Sony.
3: Yeah, I think the, the benefit of this is it's well, one of the things that Sony wasn't particularly good at doing was backwards compatibility, compatibility on all yeah. their machines so I think this is kind of like a a way of being able to play those old games again especially with newer TVs. so that's one of the biggest things for me if I drag out my Super Nintendo or my GameCube or whatever it is digging out some component leads Mm. or whatever to play it with
5: I mean that's the one thing that does get me around this because Nintendo is known for their first party titles and they've got some really great first party titles but Sony doesn't have that many great first party games Was Wipeout not on that list no, because uh, football. Uh, yeah, you thought
3: Wipeout
5: would be on there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's just Crash Bandicoot, Jack yeah. and Dexter,
3: Ratchet and Clank. People. Are, some of the games. Those up, were or? PS2, though I think.
5: Yeah, but wasn't there a PS1? No, not at yeah. the,
3: all. There was a, a PS1 Crash Bandicoot. Yeah.
5: yeah. 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 I'm getting too confused. because That one. Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Yeah. You'd expect a Gran Turismo to be on there, but they're putting Ridge Racer on it, I suppose. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, You've got 20 games, how do you make sure that's a think, mix
1: on there? Isn't Gran Turismo like one of their biggest franchises? Like yeah. Sony's own franchise? Yeah.
5: But I don't know, I'd expect more. But I assume because the third party licensing is probably going to be the biggest issue.
3: I think it would have been better to play games that you just can't get any other way. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, as much as I love Final Fantasy 7, there's a load of different ways to be able to play that. But the, yeah. the games that you just can't get hold of anymore. Yeah. Um, what was
5: that one with the Firefighters? Was that PS2 as well? Oh, I can't remember. It was a really odd game where he was basically playing Firefighters but it was
1: a Japanese game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. oh,
3: yeah. See, cos now, cos I'm thinking... What I want is a, a Saturn Mini with all the Panzer Dragoon mm-hmm. games on. I want
5: a GameCube in it because the GameCube had some of the best Dreamcast games and some of the best Nintendo games ever
3: made on it. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not so bummed with that because I've still got mine.
0: Because it's the one <laughs> the one console
3: that I didn't really want to get on. I shouldn't
5: of. have sold it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, was worth, it was like worth 10 quid when I sold my GameCube, and it's like the biggest regret ever. Because I had Skies of Arcadia Legends, which is now worth like 150 quid on its own. Yeah.
3: I've got a US import version of that which is still my favourite RPG of all time it's a good game although all the, all the, all the, all the uh, Gamecube games are really good yeah kind of, I mean Rogue Squadron
6: yeah and I, I,
3: I really want to replay Luigi's Mansion no it's like, I really like that game I was a really good game Luigi's Mansion is amazing uh,
1: Paper Mario
5: yeah that's one of a great game
3: I think
1: that's ridiculously expensive now yeah
5: it's like the GameCube, because it was that 8-inch mini-DVD that didn't have yeah. such a wider release releases, as
3: mm-hmm. expected. When, when when do you think this classic system thing, mini-classics, is going to stop?
5: Xbox. Xbox PS2 era. Do
3: you think? Yeah.
5: yeah you can't think... really get a nostalgia for an Xbox 360 at the minute.
1: Plus, I think the emulation isn't really there at the no. moment for, like, the last gen. Yeah and that's really all it is It's just an emulator in a box
5: and Microsoft are doing loads of backwards compatibility at the minute yeah. with their even back to the original Xbox games they're doing backwards compatibility with Xbox One so I can't imagine them releasing an Xbox anytime soon
3: yeah I think I think that's where Xbox are kind of they won't need to because they are doing that backwards compatibility stuff yeah. with their older I mean titles. if you can play
5: Halo on your Xbox One why would you bother having a retro mini version of the Xbox. Yeah. This is kind of why with... And, and the other thing with the Xbox is if it was a mini version it would just still be a normal sized console. This is true.
3: <laughs> be interesting to see how it sells. This is why
1: like my reaction to the PlayStation Mini is I would rather have that emulator in the PS4. Because they had one in the PS3, so you yeah. could load, you could play all your old PS1 games. It yeah, was
5: the Emotion Engine,
1: it was. They had there. games on this on the store as well that you could yeah. download, and all that went with the PS4. They haven't brought yeah. that back, and I'm just like, it was emulation. You can do that again. Yeah. And I don't know why they haven't done it again. So.
7: Especially with something
5: the size of like these mini consoles, mm. uh, it wouldn't be much to shove them inside. Yeah. A yeah. bigger I think, console. I
3: think that's the the key is is emulation in the current machines. Because the problem they've got with these re-releases is, is, is chances are, the original companies or the licences that are going to have changed. Yeah. So you aren't going to be able to get those real classic titles that either people couldn't buy because they're just not available. Well, if Nintendo made the N64
5: meaning the biggest problem with them is Rare is now owned by Microsoft. And Rare made half their good N64 games.
1: GoldenEye would be a nightmare, yeah. licensing-wise,
5: because the bond license would have expired.
1: Yeah. Rare's working for Microsoft. Activision have it now.
3: <laughs> yeah.
6: Something like that.
3: See, I'm more tempted by like the Ripton Five machines, the ones where you can actually plug in old yeah. cartridges and um, stuff and play kind of from the original cartridge yeah. those those games. And I'm kind of a little bit more excited about having the original game. Yeah. You know, going through flea markets and charity stores and going, oh my god, I found this. And playing. It's a little bit of a, a bit more visceral thrill to that than yeah. a kind of a small... I think we all had
5: that childhood of flicking through the Argos catalogue, seeing the page after page of games and all going, oh, I want that one, I want that one, circling it off in the catalogue. You just don't get that anymore now. It's just instant purchase from Amazon or Game or somewhere like that or buying it direct through Steam with you within half an hour if you've got a decent streaming option. Yeah. I don't know. Is it, is it nostalgia too far? question i Could be. Guy, your thoughts on the PlayStation 1 Mini are you going to buy? Nah. No? Nah. As a man who owns the SNES Mini and the NES Mini, you're not going to buy this one. Nah. Do you not want to feel just like a giant with like the entire collection of miniature catalogs? <laughs> it's
6: like, ooh... There's other ways I'd like to feel like a giant Ryan and it doesn't involve
3: me having to hold a mini PlayStation. Oh, I, this is the other thing about this device. Are we going to get the same situation we did with the SNES and the Super Nintendo, that basically somebody's just going to buy all of them and flip them on eBay for twice the value? Ooh, well, that's an idea. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's not an essential purchase for me.
3: It's mainly due to the launch catalog. I think if those 20 games include something like Metal Gear Solid... Yeah, and uh, a couple of others I might be tempted but uh, a, a quid it's been spit steep you know. well it's two it's, it's not even it's, well it's one AAA title nowadays yeah so it's
5: not
3: that bad of pictures.
5: we'll see might be worth
6: picking
3: up yeah I think we've discovered Guy's guilty secret I think we've actually decided that Guy wants to become uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal from The Secretary uh, as he's now obsessed with fashion and high heels so should we we'll, we'll ask him we'll go and wander over Ryan, what's gone wrong? Coffee review, start off, straight away.
5: No milk in my Americano with milk.
6: Right, I asked for milk. Yes. I also asked for the name Roberto to put on each one, um, because I thought it was funny and it entertained me hearing them say Roberto. But I did put ask for milk. They said, do you want milk in Americano? I said milk, yeah. So. Well, I'm I'm having to pour my own, like, some kind of non-barista. Well, I'm sorry that I've inconvenienced (laughs) you. I didn't inconvenience you. They inconvenienced you here. Uh, I'll let you off
3: if I'm you. Well, does okay, it man. taste better now? Guy, what do you think of Mally, Maggie Gillenmore? She's alright She's alright Do you like her in the secretary?
6: keeps trying to make me think like I'm a secretary because I have a little dictaphone and carrying it around with me or well, some of us keep her a bit more professional and don't like carrying big equipment around with us all the time You've <laughs> got to keep it small and it does the job Well, that, that, <laughs> Laura has said that on many occasions Does your dictaphone look like a toadstool? Just drink your bloody coffee, you <laughs> bloody <laughs> complainer. Okay, so I've wandered into the Sega Leftfield collection, and I'm kind of wondering what is it. I know Sega, but what's the Leftfield collection? I'm Sam Mitchell. And I'm Gorlano Duke. And, and we are like the
7: Sand Gardeners, right? Um, and Left Field is this slightly like offbeat, you know, I mean it's in the name Left Field. it's like a selection of alternative games, often that have alternative controllers, and interesting setups, things like that.
6: So what, what's it like being kind a of games developer and you're showcasing your game at EGX?
7: Oh man, I mean, it's, it's way cool, like we've never done this before. Um... It's really fun to set up a game in a, in a unique and interesting setup, watch people play it because we, we've only worked together internationally on the internet, and so to be able to be together and watch people play our games it's really fun yeah,
6: yeah so you worked on the game like via say, email communication you actually sure, did not yeah, meet yeah. up and work together
4: in an office you did it just via email yeah no, we met yesterday
6: that's impressive that, yeah. tell me more about that that's really interesting
4: yeah, like, we, we started working together like a year ago or something doing game jams over the internet when left field asked us if we wanted to be part of their collection it was just a great opportunity to fly from France to England yeah. and meet them and see people playing this for, from our house you know
6: and if you tell me a little bit about your game so it's between stage what is the game about uh, sure. Cause it, i mean it looks interesting there's a it's an old school tv we've got set up here and uh yeah some buttons on the side I like, quite like the idea of
7: that it's about watching tv in a hotel room and so the setup we have here is like an old crt tv with some buttons on the side a phone and a lamp and you um you can watch the TV and tune the TV with the dial and press the buttons to go through dialogue options. What sort of genre would you class the game as? Like a, a narrative narrative game. It's, it's almost entirely text-based.
6: Okay. How did you sort of develop it with using the dials and how, how did that sort of technology come, come into place? Because that, you don't see that that often.
4: Yeah. Um... I have that kind of interest for electronics and stuff. I used to build some robots, so... It's really hard to get people to play narrative games in a setup like that with a lot of noise and a lot of things like that. So it was just a great thing to catch people' eye and... Have them focus to the game, so just a bit of soldering and stuff like that, and it's all done. It works like a gamepad, basically.
6: I mean, yeah, this, this, this I
4: just like the effort that's gone in with that.
6: It's something new, it's so interesting. I mean, I'd love to have the setup at my house because it's like you've got the old lamp here and like the old TV. It's, uh... it's amazing that you guys work together over the internet about this. So, you, you know, you don't you don't come across that often. Like, is yeah. there ever any moment where you thought it wasn't going to come together because of not being, say, in the, in the office environment and having that kind of like day to day interaction? and I mean, I think when it's true love, you can conquer any distance. Like, uh, and
1: and it and it,
7: it kind of it felt like that. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like we both make we both want to make the games that we want to make. And I don't think we could like work with anyone else. It wasn't even like a thought in my head. Like, you don't come at all from a game background. Yeah, no. So I come from a fine art background. Like, I do like kind of performance, like performance-based writing projects and um, installation setups and things like that. And,
4: and i I'm, I'm a programmer, and I did a. I just graduated from a video game school. It was really nice wor- working with someone that doesn't come from that field because even if they got a lot to learn <laughs> about like technic- technical aspects and stuff. They bring a world new point of view to the world thing and you know you aren't going to do like the kind of games you see every day, you know. So. I
6: mean, it's certainly interesting. Are you guys going to be working together again on another project? Have you got something else in the pipeline? Yeah, is it a Lennon-McCartney relationship in the building
7: there? <laughs> no, so um, at sandgardeners.com you can find all of our existing games. They're all f- available for free to play um, mostly in browser, um, on your computer. And we're currently working on a game called Brownie Cove Express, which we're hoping to release in the winter, which is also a experimental narrative game. All of the games exist in the same universe, and so so this this game will, the upcoming game, will tie together all our existing games and hopefully create something really Unique and fresh. That's yeah. immense.
6: You're trying to get Marvel of Unfair money there. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. So, where can we find out more about you guys
7: then? sandgardeners.com is the best place to go. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Brownie
4: Cove. Yeah. I'll add Zephyr Rain from you if you're interested in programming stuff. <laughs>
6: that's
4: brilliant. Thanks so much, guys, and good luck with the game. We just
5: played Chim Party and we were a bunch of chimps, screaming, shouting, throwing
6: our arms around. I mean, I think there was a few more obscenities, to be honest with you. Though.
5: I was trying to be a polite
3: guy. <laughs> I
6: mean, Keith, I don't like you anymore. That's Keith cheated that. his way to the
3: winning spot. I... Let, let's be honest here, I didn't cheat. I was <laughs> cheated by the game, and then for some random reason, without any input from me whatsoever, I managed to win. I don't understand how that works. It's like a round of QI. It's yeah. like, there are points being awarded, but you don't quite understand
5: what for, or who got them as the that's... one gamer who seemed to be grasping the actual concept of the game.
1: You, you feel cheated. You'd think that it looks like I was grasping the game, but in my head I was just kind of going, what? 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 No. What? <laughs> I, it was pure blind luck that I was getting most of these games. You just kind of had to tap a button on a phone. Yeah, that's mostly what it was. It was just like, let's just keep tapping it and see Imagine what happens. Imagine four orangutans with phones being given them, slapping
3: the pad repeatedly. That's what us four look like on the sofa. I think of it but... as a late night after a few drinks party game just to kind of have a laugh yeah. Yeah. it'd be quite cool because yeah. it wasn't really any
5: a great deal of skill involved yeah? it's either going to be great fun or bitter recrimination depending
6: on the alcohol levels I would I would feel angry by that game and probably have a temper tantrum <laughs> you, would you be one of those people who'd switch the console off so everybody else could stop playing it as well? I have a known reputation for that so yes <laughs> alright so what are we doing it's the usual thing that we do when we come to these things we usually do tap challenge but we're going to change it slightly for this one we're going to try and find like something that's like, like probably overpriced, and we're basically, we're basically going to go
5: take a picture of the most ridiculous purchase we can find, and then we'll put it onto a Twitter poll at some mm-hmm. point so you can go and vote. What do you think is the most ridiculous purchase you would pay? Purchase was
6: But we're going. We're going on the hunt.
5: What are we saying? Nathan Drake statue for fifty pound with no game.
3: Fifty pounds. Down from seventy, so you're saving yourself twenty pounds. Would you
6: want a statue of Nathan Drake to fondle it? Wow, the 50 pounds you want to fondle it. If I was paying 50 quid, I genuinely would want a fondle of Nathan Drake. He's got to be good. I like how the hitman has
5: fallen on hard times and he's only 20 quid. <laughs> yeah.
6: It's because Nathan Drake's in a bigger box. Nice. The box. The box is impressive for Nathan Drake. That statue, that's too big for that size box, right? It's like the, the, the box is too big, yeah? It's all polystyrene, though, isn't it? To keep him safe. What else we got? What is it, Keith? <laughs> Have you ever seen Big Mouth on uh, Netflix?
3: I'm aware of it, yeah. And it has a special pillow. Yeah. These are um, anime style special pillows for you to cuddle up to. Uh, body
6: on your pillow. chaise lounge, yeah, yeah. I like the fact this is twenty five pounds. That's expensive for a pillow, but I like the fact that you can buy the case only for fifteen pounds. Like, who's going to have that size pillow kicking around the house?
1: Someone who really, really likes body pillows.
6: <laughs> <laughs> all collection,
1: all with anime girls on them.
3: <laughs> fill, it, well, fill it with your own content.
6: I mean. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I can see a um, Edward Scissorhands for sixty, a Michael Myers for one hundred twenty.
6: This is, uh, this is Pop
3: Vinyl. These are Funko Pop Vinyls, yeah. So what,
6: what's the one that's caught your eye?
3: Well, just because it's expensive, is uh, Heisenberg from Breaking Bad for £70. Which seems an awful lot of money for a small figure of... Uh,
5: I like it, that Rick, meth- Rick ship from Rick and Morty, which is probably the more popular franchise at the moment, and twice the size, is half the price. Well, I can't even see that one.
6: Yeah. Rickship, don't you, what, Oh, yeah. Because you people are going to buy the Heisenberg one, and people who dress like Heisenberg. Ironically enough, I haven't seen anybody dressed as Heisenberg here yet. So, not yet. Not yet. It's about to happen. 30 quid for a Wonka bar. I mean, if it was actual
5: proper Wonka chocolate and it got me into the, the factory, I was going
6: to say, if it actually gets you access to the real factory, then sure. Yeah. I don't reckon a Wonka chocolate would actually taste that nice. You know like you get, like... Is it Hershey's chocolate? Ain't that great? It's good. I reckon it's on bar. It tastes like Hershey's chocolate. I can imagine it was probably made out of like umpa lumpy leavings and stuff like that. But oh, American Brian. chocolate's a bit weird doing it. Yeah, all together. the
1: chocolate's yeah. made in that river, so I can't imagine that's particularly hygienic.
6: No, that just look like something else, doesn't it? It's by waterfall, which is the only yeah. way to do it. And you've got
1: an
5: Augustus stuck in the pipe as well. Yeah.
3: So, so
6: you can uh, you can get framed, borrow a chocolate with a golden ticket for thirty I think that's not bad. Keep. I'll buy you a Dairy Milk. Put a bit of gold wrapping in there fiver, fiver uh, job done right, so we browsed around we found we obviously we found four items that were we'd say it's hat and overpriced so like what have we got what have we got so we've got the nathan drake statue that was at 50. 50 english pounds we've got the the dodgy pillow that was at 25 pounds which came in a range of yeah <laughs> and we've got the uh, heisenberg statue pop pop, Funko pop that was 70 mm-hmm. and the wonka bar we gone to get in a frame for 30. So, Ryan, what do you reckon was the most...
5: I don't know. The body pillow would be comfortable if you turn the cover inside out. <laughs> <laughs> so you could get some comfort out of that. The Nathan Dates statue would go on a shelf and look pretty. Would gather dust incredibly quickly. The Wonka bar would be a thank you present
1: and then shoved in a cupboard. I don't know. I'll probably say Wonka bar is the worst purchase. I'd probably say
3: the body pillow. And that's just because I always think the body pillows are just the worst anyway. <laughs> I'm also going to go with the body pillow purely because it's probably the one thing that you couldn't flip on eBay after you've used it
6: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to well right okay so Nathan Drake statue someone's going to be into that there's a market for that Uh, the Heisenberg pop vinyl Okay, that's,
5: that's really... Uh, it, it is a collector's item kind it, of thing. People will buy you that on eBay for ridiculous amounts. And
6: it's really, it's really overpriced, but as a vintage record collector who's spent a lot of money on records, you know, if somebody's into that and they want to spend that money, that's fine, I'm cool with that. Uh, the pillow, I, 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 I agree that you could use it as a regular pillow, so I'm going to put my money on the Wonka bar. That is, it's, that is ridiculous, I'm sorry, but it's a fake chocolate bar. And a golden ticket in a frame... If the bar
5: itself was a couple of quid and you just shoved it on a the shelf, then it would look fine. I think the framing aspect of it just makes it the ridiculousness.
6: I mean, that's yeah. something you'd see on eBay, like a gift seller, maybe selling that for a tenner. I mean, that but is... How many
5: Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory fans are there to this day who wants a framed Wonka bar? I mean, I can imagine it's a very niche item that you're not going to get a lot of people.
6: I can imagine people around to my house, like, oh, here's my display of pot, of, uh, pot of vinyl, here's my record collection, here's my Wonka bar. Like, <laughs> just does. here's, my, here's my, uh, my sleazy pillow uh, quid, you want like, a pair of curtains like, open and a little bit of dry ice to come out mate for, for 30 30 pounds I want Willy Wonka stood there in my house holding it yeah.
3: I'm wondering now whether there's a market for a framed big kahuna burger uh, ah. for fans of other movies Like food from other movies framed I think there's a market there I think I might I might start I might I might make a stall next year for framed movie food Not it's a money maker if you ask yeah. me Maybe in those little plastic beads that seem to be everywhere as well. Although, my biggest um, question about the body pillows is, is who's buying the uh, Attack on Titan ones. Yeah. Because uh, that was slightly strange. Why would you want a man who looked like he's
5: been peeled on a body pillow? And it wasn't just one of them. There was like, loads of them on there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the DVA one I can kind of understand a little bit, but the Attack on Titan one. Mm. Yeah. I'm here with Simon, who's one of the developers of AGSM. Simon, do you want to tell us all about
2: it? Yeah, so AGSM is a single-player, multiplayer,ed tower defence game with many twists. Um, So you can play it cooperatively up to four players. You can play it PvP, 1v1, there's matchmaking in there. Um, there's forest levels, desert levels, indoor levels, day and night cycles, it rains, it snows. There's sixty over 60 combinations of tower that you can build. You can also play it a lot like a shooter instead of a tower defense game. So you, you've got a vendor in the game and you can run up to them. You can buy a whole arsenal of weaponry. So you've got shotguns, rifles, lasers, airstrikes, mines, grenades, you name it. It's all in the game. So rather than building towers you can just play it like a sort of top-down shooter sort of game Um, there is no waves it's not like a traditional tower defense game where you have wave and then the game pauses and then you get another wave it's continually getting harder and harder and harder there is no end depending on how far you get you get bosses that come in say around even 6,000 kills, you'll get a boss that you've never seen before, and you're like, What is this doing? <laughs> you've got air to deal with, dragons, tanks. You've got every, every boss has got a unique ability, so you have to try and learn about what ability that enemy has when it comes in, what you need to build to defend against it. And yeah, it's um, it takes it, if it's if it kind of gets you, it really does get you. We have a lot of people who have invested a crazy amount of hours. We only hit early access about eight weeks ago. We had someone at Insomnia about four weeks ago who purchased a game and in about four weeks he's put in 70 hours. That's 7-0. Um, so we have number one on that particular map that we're demoing today has put over 300 hours into the game and he has about just over 10,000. We have a very dedicated... Um, fan base we've got discord etc where people propose new ideas to us because we're in early access stage it's constantly improving changing more things getting added all the time Um, really friendly community Um, and yeah we're always open to new ideas because you can't think of anything so you get magical abilities you get um, magical powers so you get slow domes you get barriers that you can put in lane you get magical golems you get heal base you get coin collectors you get all these abilities that you unlock you get 23 unplay- unlockable characters. Um, there's a heck of a lot of content in there. There's six mini-games in there that are, some of them aren't even to do with tower defence. So some's a bit like um, a top-down, a typical zombie defence type where they're trying to hit, reach you. Um, there's no base and you've just got to stop them from touching you and killing you. That's in there and it's in there with multiplayer. And it's every single thing in the game has a leaderboard. It is super competitive. The whole game, every single mode. That's pretty much the ultimate tower defense game. Hopefully, yes. And you're on stream at the moment? We're on Steam Early Access as of about eight weeks ago. It's 999. Um and yeah, we've we've got a very quite a good large user base at the moment and a lot of good feedback. So yeah, and where can we find you online for information about the game? Agis, that's A E G I S dash M dot com or on Steam. Search for it on Steam, it's all there. Brilliant. Thanks very much for joining us. Cheers.
5: So I had a little go on this earlier, but do you want to
1: describe what you've just played, Guy? And Lee? It is a Street Fighter whack-a-mole game.
6: Yeah, it's really strange. I got, like I think, quite aggressive hitting the, <laughs> the moles. Like I felt like it was an exercise in anger. Um, I feel good now. I feel like I've got something out of me. But yeah. like, it's such a bizarre concept for a game. Like yeah. I don't really know where or how that came to be. Yeah, I,
1: I wasn't sure exactly what he was doing within the game.
6: No. But I feel like as well, like you lost and then you didn't get another end of a go. Yeah, exactly. How's that work? That was weird. I also like as well, like halfway through this interview, Ryan passed the mic to Keith so he could plant Space Invaders. What Space a, Invaders too? What a great <laughs> presenter.
5: <laughs> so Lee, you yes. just had a head to head
1: on Pac-Man. We did indeed. You beat me. Only just. Yeah. You have the luckiest game ever I, on the third round. Yes. I uh, That was. I swear to God that that killed me, but it didn't. <laughs> I just got the last pellet right as I was about to bump into the ghost. Yeah. And I I kind of looked my way through that quite a few times. Yeah. It was more about saving the powerful until the last possible yeah, exactly, second. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was a few times where... like. Just, I found myself in a situation where I was like, oh I've lost this and then just suddenly at the last minute it goes and moved the wrong, wrong way and I was like, oh thank god It showed you how important old arcade games are to this day because like, yeah. you feel
5: the tension building Yes, yeah I mean, You didn't think that four blobs on a screen and yeah. a pizza with a missing slice would still yes. make you scared to this day no? Yep, yeah,
6: but there we go I'm lost at a convention I don't know where anybody is I'm wandering around, looking for people. I feel like I might go to Lost and Found because I'm like a lost child here. I really need to find people. Ugh. just feel like a lost kid. A lot of people here that look like Keith and Ryan. I can't find my friends. At this stage of looking, I feel like the most sensible thing to do is just start walking around shouting, Keith, Ryan, Keith... Ryan and hope that somebody finds me. That would be good. But then people, I might find a random Keith and a random Ryan, and I might not like the Keith and Ryan's I find. I mean, who could replace the original Keith Bloomfield, the best Keith Bloomfield? I need to find these people because I'm going to lose my mind. Excuse me, have you seen a guy who's got glasses, who's quite tall, and a guy with a beard? Around around everyone, if sorry. you see them, can you tell them I'm looking for them? Yeah. That's great. Thanks.
5: I'm here with Albert, who is one of the developers of Arca's Path VR.
6: Do you want to explain game for people who've not played
8: it before? Yeah, sure. So um, Arca's Path VR is a, uh, a physics platform game where you control a ball around a series of levels, and you basically play the entire game just using head movements. So you don't have to uh, hold any controllers. Um, so it's quite kind of accessible. Um, yes. and it's got a sort of light sci-fi narrative that goes along with it, where um, the story begins, and it shows you this young girl who lives on a scrap heap in this kind of dystopian future, and she finds this strange headset on the uh, amongst all of the garbage, and she puts it on, and it transports her to this magical world, um, and, and then, then things go slightly wrong for her. <laughs>
5: yeah. So it's coming to all major VR platforms, um, so be artists, for uh, PlayStation VR and the HTV, yeah. HTC HTC Vive headset, which is for the Steam VR. Yes, uh, the Vive
8: Focus. Yeah, uh, okay. Oculus Go, Gear VR. It was like all Gear of them. Them. basically yeah. all of them.
5: Yes. Yeah. So I've just had a quick play myself, and it's just so intuitive the methodology. Because as I said, it's all head face, so it all tracks your head. Uh, I was had my hands out, ready for a controller. So I've been through many yeah. VR experiences about, but so it was just completely head on. Yeah, the headphones over, and you're lost. You're in this world. And yeah. it's really, also,
6: interesting, uh, yeah. really interesting, interesting how well the control is yeah. developed so quickly. I
5: mean, it must take a lot of time to get that head tracking yeah.
6: right. Yeah, I mean the
8: the technology is is so good that it can really sense really tiny movements. So you'd think that like with a controller you'd have kind of high fidelity of control, but actually you get so much more precision with head movement, weirdly, really. mm-hmm. like so you only have to move a tiny, tiny little bit. Um, to, to basically have the complete range of the movements that you want, um, so it's not like lots of VR games where you're kind of constantly having to move and dodge and like like look behind you, and you get really kind of tired or, or like a stiff neck quite quickly. It's just like really subtle and almost to the point where you kind of forget that you're moving a little bit. You, you yeah. kind of forget that you're having to move your head. And it almost it's almost like you're kind of controlling it with your mind. I mean, that's what we yeah. that's what we like is when you kind of forget con- you're controlling it and it just goes where you want it to go. Yeah, I mean, it felt very natural. Nice. After a couple of minutes, I was
5: just there, and as so I said, the finesse of the controls. You uh, control the speed really easy. Yeah. I mean, I noticed on the second level there's a few tricky bits where the walls disappear. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's actually trying to teach you and yeah. make you learn that you can be really smooth and get the controls. And the speed control was really intuitive as well because it's based on the distance you are away from the ball in the game
8: rather than just
5: um, yeah. thumbstick up and down or yeah. a trigger button.
8: Yeah, I mean, we basically tried it with hand controllers quite early on in the prototyping phase and we just realized that the levels that we had been playing became completely impossible. It was just too hard to play it. So we kind of have to pick, do we do it pure VR, head controls, and we keep the levels that we've been making and that we like, or do we have to try and shoehorn some other thing in and it not really be, and then it end up like, you know, neither of them are going to be quite as good. So we just went, are going to go pure VR. At least on all the headsets, because there's no difference between the control system; it's all just head movement, so it works on all of them. Um, and yeah, it, was, it, it felt like a good, it felt like a good decision. I think, yeah, at this stage. Yeah, and again, accessibility—this is a great, great
5: yeah. way for anybody to get into the game as well. I mean, it's very. Zen like experience, the way I describe it, said so you close yourself off the wall. We're yeah. here at EGX, it's quite noisy in the background. Yeah. And, but it was kind of, as soon as those headphones on, I was lost in that little wall.
8: Yeah, yeah. That's something that we're really, um, yeah, again, we're really pleased with how that's turned out. Um, it doesn't stay completely zen throughout the entire game, like when some of the other characters come in and it starts to take a slightly darker turn. Yeah. Um, but I think it comes at a good moment, you know. I think when, when the challenge increases and it kind of, the world becomes a bit scarier. Uh, it feels, you know. And you partnered
5: with Rebellion for this game, the publisher. And I've noticed a few Rebellion's beautiful art. Have they helped you out with the design of the game
8: at all? Um, no, all of the art was done in house, actually. Like, oh, right. It's all kind of. Um, yeah, it's by uh, the, the kind of. The, the kind of. The senior artist who worked on the game, who kind of yeah. came up with a kind of core cool concept, the visual concept, is yeah. um, a woman called Anna Hollandrake. Uh, and a yeah. who um, you know, so kind of visionary artist, kind of had a really yeah. strong. She did all of the artwork for the story beats and the cutscenes. Yeah, um, so she's kind of multi-talented. Sort Felt of, like a great visual comic book, and that's yeah, that's really, kind of what yeah. we were aiming for, really. Yeah. I think it was really important to us that whilst we've got this accessible, kind of simple gameplay, we want the story to be equally kind of easily digestible. Um, there's not loads of text. There's no. Lo- yeah. There's not loads of reading we don't have to localise loads of stuff like no. we just do really simple pictures mm-hmm. try and tell a, a kind of simpler story as possible but that kind of you know keeps you engaged that yeah. you want to play the game
5: I've said the story as well felt well, very intuitive I mean, you, you could see yourself in that character yeah. position especially with the transitions
8: yeah the characters yeah, shape yeah, yeah. into
5: the ball um, yeah,
8: yeah really I guess we were kind of conscious of the fact that we're like making a game about rolling a ball around it's quite hard to make a story yeah to apply to that so we're like uh, how are we gonna, how are we gonna do this? And we're like, well, we have to just go completely like crazy and sci-fi with it, and say it's the girl turns into a ball in a virtual world, and she rolls around for a little while, then turns back into a girl again. Um, yeah, that sort of to us was like, that's how we're gonna make this work.
5: And when are you due for release? Fourth uh, of, 4th of the, December. Yeah, fourth of December this year. So, so just in time
8: for Christmas. Just in
5: time for Christmas. So if you've got somebody with a VR headset and you want them to have a Relaxing game rather than shooting zombies yeah, or yeah. getting yeah. lost in battle zones, something like that. This is probably the perfect introduction to get some people into VR. And I said, uh, Probably the viewing experience, Keith, did you enjoy watching me play the game? You see, he's he's silent. <laughs> silent behind the camera. It's a nice intuitive experience we were watching a little bit earlier, and it's interesting to watch other people play the game and um, just the visuals behind it. It's a beautiful visual, Great. visual game. Great, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed
6: it. Yeah. Thanks very much for having us here on Geeky Grummy, and we'll keep an eye on you. Yeah, no problem. I'm sending an SOS to my friends. I'm sending an SOS to my friends. Someone help me find my. Someone help me find my Keith Bloomfield. Hi guys, have you, have you seen my friends anywhere? My friends, they kind of look like the people who hang out with me. Have you seen them like a couple of guys? I haven't seen them Fair enough, sorry, no problem. Oh, I'm getting fed up now. I've been wandering around for at least 15 minutes looking for everybody. Oh, there's a lot of Ryan and Keith lookalikes here, and it's getting very confusing. I'm lost at the NEC.
5: So, here with Sean Reed from Bufu Studios, a lovely Birmingham based developer. Always great we to see are. you here at EGX 2018. Thank you very much. You're, you're having your worldwide launch of your brand new game, and This Is Pool. We are, yes. So this is your third pool game, so you've done it Puzzle Kings yes. previously your um, Pure Pool. Yes. But this is the first one that you've we developing own. and leading yourself. Yes,
0: it's ours, yes. So, yeah, that's that's the big deal with us. I mean, Puzzle Kings, believe it or not, ten years ago. Wow. Pure Pool, nearly five. We realised that... Yeah, we're coming out on the same generation as our previous titles, but five years is an awful long time in the video yeah. games industry, and the technology's come on a long way. Because we're on our own technology, we decided, with for This is Paul, it was time to redevelop our engine from the ground up. So This is, the, this is Paul is the, the first game that's taken advantage of our new, our new tech, so it's quite exciting, yeah. So, regular geeky Rummy listeners
5: might know you from Mantis Bur- Burn Raid Racing, which we pushed out. It's now available on the Switch as well. It is, yeah. It up. yeah. Uh, so, what consoles is this ball- This is ball coming to?
0: Everything. Our usual, our usual spread of consoles. So, uh, we're going to launch uh, universally across Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and Steam. So, uh, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Slightly different to Mantis Burn. Obviously, Switch came later, but yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: And it's yeah. great to see it on the Switch as well because uh, yeah. I can imagine not very many mobile pool games are out there. Or uh, we,
0: we feel there's a gap in the market on Switch, definitely. I mean, there's some what I would consider more fun, casual kind of pool games, Yeah. Uh, whereas we're a little bit more leaning towards the real, realism side, so Yeah. I, as far as I'm aware, there's not one on Switch at the minute, so fingers crossed. Yeah. So we're would you playing. say this
5: is the most realistic pool simulator you can get on any console? On any console, yeah, it is, yeah. You know
0: we try and make, if you're going to make a pool game, then it's, it has to feel like playing real pools. So I, like I say again, we've rewritten our physics engine as well, so we believe this is the most accurate simulation of pool you can get, so... Okay. Available on all consoles and on Steam, coming in in a little while. It's, it's it's available Q one, Q one across all platforms, uh, a launch on all platforms at the same time
5: Brilliant! Can't wait to see it. Yeah, cool. Thanks, you. And where can we find information about Vufu studios? Yeah, on
0: our on our website, or where you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We're, we're on all social media. As I say, we've got we've got some guys now that just look after our social media. So um, yeah, you should be able to find us no problem. Awesome, brilliant, thanks very much Okay, no us. worries, thank you. So I'm here with Bruno from Shadow, who can tell us all
9: about the amazing streaming service. that you've Yeah, so Shadow is basically a tool for company now. The uh, core idea was, people love to play, but do not love to change components for time. You know, it's costly, yeah. sometimes about hardware failures, and basically people just want to play and enjoy the PC. So what we do that we took components of the PC, put it in data centers so they're secured, yeah. and basically we stream a a clear 4K picture of your PC anywhere in the world. So the idea with Shadow is that basically you can compare it to Netflix or Spotify, but instead of streaming content, we stream a full Windows 10 PC, so you can install games, Steam, Origin, anything, but also Photoshop, you can browse can watch videos,
6: it's entirely UPC but virtualized. That's awesome, because of my fi like, gaming laptop as on It's got GTX 970M which was great when really it good? first came out. Yeah. It's starting to get a little bit aged now,
9: so it's got a, the AAA titles, that it's starting to fall back a bit. You can't be able 1080p, so this sounds like a really good service. It's somebody doesn't want to upgrade as often. How much did you pay for this? Uh, it's about $1200. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, not bad. We have an HP stream here, it cost about 200 pounds, we bought it at PC World like a few months ago, yep. uh, it's running really 2, two on Mac settings right now, we can even play on 4K if you want to, because it's running really on Shadow. So any PC, we uh, said that 5 or 6 years can run Shadow, I and mean, basically you can take any potato PC on eBay, or yeah, a Mac, yeah. or a smartphone, or an iOS device. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so you're also available for Android, iOS, macOS, anything, yeah. Windows, Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10. Uh, but nobody uses Windows 8, I think. Uh, but yeah, basically any device can run Shadow and can run games. Yeah, and it's a reasonable price server, so how what price you're looking oh, um, It's available for £26.95, uh, yeah. but most of the people, so referral codes can use Shadow for £16 for the first month. Yeah. It's of course commitment-free, so if you don't like it, for whatever reason, just cancel it. But usually people stay because they enjoy this game. Brilliant. Thank you very much for doing uh-huh. it.
6: Oh my god, I found them! I found my friends! Oh my god, I've been looking for you guys for ages. I sold you a whole 20. It's confusing, I was lost. He found us instantly. Yeah. I, I was lost without you. Oh, I found my friends.
5: Thank you for joining us on the Geeky Brewery podcast special here
6: at EGX. Did we all enjoy ourselves today? Yes. I mean, I've had a couple of drinks, so I'm buzzing. (laughs) I've had a coffee and then a couple of ciders afterwards, so I'm feeling pretty wired right now.
5: Are you going back to buy a body pillow? Say going to Laura?
6: Oh God, no, yeah. no. We think we may have seen some people who have bought them, but they've taken like the covers off, and you can just see the pillows being walked out. I Is mean, like just giant marshmallows they're walking around. <laughs> yes, yeah, discreetly <laughs> hiding it from the world. These people were a couple as well. Like, why would they need a body pillow? Like, <laughs> four in a bed. Keith, what's your best thing of the day
3: been so far? Uh, just a variety of stuff that's on display. Um, the fact that you've got everything from retro games to the indie stuff, yeah, um, you know the big players in the middle, uh, which is nice. But there's a, there's just a lot more variation in the kind of indie stuff that's going on. A lot more kind of in the, the game design and the, um, the look of them. Quite a lot of interesting looking games in that smaller uh, indie zone. Too much to see in one de- in you know in one go round. But yeah, kind of cool. Plenty to look at.
6: you're still talking about the games right plenty of games yeah (laughs) it's not all bunny pillows I I particularly enjoyed Keith um, recording uh, video b-roll footage Um, yeah b-roll footage of like some people working behind certain desks that he didn't want to go and ask for his pass from that's because he's been surreptitiously recording them (laughs) sleaze sleaze you should know better
3: what have you got to say to yourself? There was nobody in those shots. It was all background of objects. <laughs> it's fine. Sure, sure,
6: sure. Lee, you what, were busted. <laughs> Lee,
5: what's been your fun
1: experience
6: so far? Fun experience? Fun yes. experience. Joining us? That's like, what his fun yes. experience <laughs> is.
1: Yes, the best part of today was meeting all of you. <laughs> um, but um, now like, I've got to echo... Just the variety of stuff that's going on like I'm, every time I come to EGX I'm always really interested in the red section seeing all the, even if I don't get to play everything I get to see there's just such a variety of, of indie stuff out there that just you know, it adds such a a range of things that you don't necessarily see from the big names but um, it just kind of you shows you the wide range of gaming that's out there and it's really interesting I think to...
5: yeah for me, it's quite interesting to see that they're not just taking one particular console which, or just console gaming at these events. So there's broader implications as PC gaming. So we saw some streaming demos, people streaming stuff to Android phones, iPhones, uh, using Mac OS rather than just your traditional trifecta of Nintendo, Sega, and Microsoft. Sega and Microsoft. Sony and Microsoft. I'm going back to my youth for Nintendo was, and Sega. Was there even a Microsoft <laughs> section I don't think there was a year. Microsoft section as such, no, no, but there big... was some Microsoft games out there to yeah. play. But it, as I said, the Rez the Zone, the left field collection. Uh, interesting to see what people are developing on the smaller end scale.
6: Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't play it. I didn't play Ryan's, but I saw a lot of Ryan's today. Like, there's been a lot of Ryans kicking around here today.
5: Guy has this thing that anybody with the glasses and the beard is automatically looked yes, like... him. yeah, yeah.
6: There's yeah. a lot, of, always a lot of Ryans kicking around. Like, I saw a lot. I met Spyro the Dragon, and I'm really happy about that. That like, this has been the highlight of the day for me. You did have a strop with Chimp Party. I just... I mean, I'm going to... I'm going to put it out there. What a ridiculous game that is. It's, it's a nonsense. party
1: game, though. That's, that's
6: what they're like. They're just... I, mean, I thought you'd be buzzing for it after a couple
5: of years. It's kind of the game
6: you want to play for a little bit of that I, I felt no buzz from that game. I, just, I don't know how Keith won. I think he cheated, to be honest with you. <laughs> Again,
1: that's the nature of that sort
6: of I think showing Mario triple...
3: Party-type game. Really. I, as The only input to that game I had was to tap a button on a <laughs> mobile phone that didn't belong to me. I, I can't say that I was, uh, I mean know,
6: if I'm honest, he's you showing changed true colours today. To be honest with you, uh, my whole aspect and look, like appreciation for you, has changed a bit. You got to redeem yourself a little bit, to be honest with you.
3: What? Well, I mean, you, know, you know, if you're a winner, you're a winner, guy. You can't <laughs> help it. You he were blatantly cheating on Space Invaders. This <laughs>
6: is old enough to know how to cheat on air.
1: What were you doing on Space Invaders? I have no idea what I was doing on Space Invaders. Oh, okay. It's just yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Retro Zone's
5: always a bit of fun to go and play there, cause mm-hmm. we saw Star Wars Arcade, which we had to winkle Keith out with a big pin, because I think he was sat there for the rest of the night. It's <laughs> a good game. It's <laughs> a good game.
6: There was, uh, there was that whack-a-mole thingy as well, which... Just just Street Fighter whack-a-mole. Good anger. out. Oh. No point blank, though. No? I mean, it's probably good, though, because Keith actually He's got some work done today. He's probably the <laughs> machine last
0: time, that's why
5: they, they knew he was coming, that's why they saw him on the list of guests,
3: of press, coming, and it's like... But it goes to show, any, any game that requires very limited input from the user, I'm all right at. <laughs> anything else that's got more than two buttons, <laughs> He was even it. using the cheat technique of holding the fit handle and just running his finger back and forth the No, anyway. it was all legit,
6: but all proper style. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anything that did disappoint you about the day, Ryan?
5: Not enough time. There was some tap merchants but there wasn't enough of our usual level of tat to I go mean, and
6: chase. But like the one bar for thirty quid is ridiculous though still. <laughs> I was disappointed by the lack of free coffee there was in the press area and the dirty cups That was pretty disappointing, yeah. yeah I'm I, sure
5: they will have refilled it by now. I think we just turned up at an inopportune time and thank you very much for putting a press area on
6: yes thank thank you but I still wanted coffee uh, <laughs> I had to resort to alcohol because there was no coffee you had your coffee beca- as well oh my god I'm the philellis of the day oh my god i have become Philip Ellis. coffee and
3: alcohol and
5: that's all you do. <laughs>
6: what's <laughs> happened
5: <laughs> coffee, alcohol and smalm yes
6: yes <laughs> that's, that's, uh,
5: but EGX is always fun it's always nice to have events like this come to Birmingham rather than us having to go further afield
6: I mean, would you go further afield? Would you pay the money to go further afield? I mean, if
5: it's something that I was doing with a group of friends, it's probably worth doing it, hang on, it?
6: Hang on a minute. If, if
5: you go for free... Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I don't
5: know. It's just nice to have stuff come to Birmingham. We have the NEC
6: here on our build. It's always nice to have big events come to see us. I mean, Monday 24th September, Shannar Twain's playing. That's probably... I the the <laughs> <tickets>. <laughs> you <don't> know you've already got tickets. <laughs> yeah why not she's wearing leopard print in there leopard print coat you know I me and her fashion <laughs> um, that's probably the show's probably aired by the time that's been on so if you wanted to see Shanaa Twain at the NEC she's probably gone she's probably now. been and on so, <laughs> so sorry, sorry about that apologies for that
5: you can see Frankie Valley in the four season on the 1st of December though
6: Parent and final tour uh, North is Patrick the super vet as well is going to be here and um, Jess oh. Flynn
5: and just if you do want to celebrate 90s DJs Pete Tong November.
6: Oh, is that his thing where he does classical Ibiza songs? Oh, what's yes. that about? Bringing Ibiza to Birmingham. You got, there's been too much reference of Pete Tong and Dave Pearce on the show recently. We need to stop <laughs> this. Like, this is... Uh, this is this Dave Pearce used to DJ in Birmingham, back at Baker's. Why did Dave Pearce always wear a baseball cap? Like, even when he was DJing, he DJ, he's always wearing a baseball cap. It's over because his, he was it's... going bald at the time. Well, don't hide it. <laughs> sure
9: I mean,
3: it now you've drawn my attention to that poster... The one thing I, I'm most confused by is Noel mm. Fitzpatrick is the super vet.
9: Yes, Keith, I,
6: he is the super vet. Have you not seen that show? He's, he's not used? even wearing a cape. Is, is he just going to s- do,
1: like, live veterinary, <laughs> <laughs> veterinary I mean,
6: services. I'm going to spay this cat yes. live on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've actually been to a pet event at the NEC where Noel Fitzpatrick was there, and he just talks about how you can change the world, and it's not really about, like, pets or vet stuff, and, like, I left was like, what was that about? I was very confused because I was just like, just talk about a dog you've saved or something. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I want to know. But I want to know if Fido's life was saved. I want to know, like, about saving the world and stuff like that. That's uh, it's super vet, You're not Superman. Saving
1: the, saving the world one cat at a time. <laughs> <laughs>
6: what,
3: what does that show involve? You know, if you go to see a band, they sing at you. If you go to see a comedian, they tell you jokes. But what does it... What... What does that show entail?
6: He I don't really of, um, understand. It kind of preaches at you, if I'm honest with you. Oh, this it's a bit kind of evangelical. A little show.
1: bit, yeah. A better show would just be him showing you animal pictures for <laughs> two <laughs> hours. Oh my
6: God, that would be beautiful. It would just
1: be the internet in show form. <laughs> yes. Noel Fitzpatrick brings you memes. Yes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm disappointed, Ryan, that we couldn't get into the print exhibition that was on here today. I would have liked to have gone to that, to be honest with you. As a former print worker, well, you I could was enticed. A for a press pass for that. I was—I saw a big, like big, like I think it was a Lamina printer. I was like, I've got to get in there. I need to go and see it.
5: lamination It's the name of the game.
6: Oh, okay no the lamina printer doesn't laminate I don't think it just. why would you call it a lamina then if it doesn't laminate it produces long documentation on pieces of paper but I don't think it laminates it I think it puts a glossy effect on it but it doesn't laminate it knowledge if I need to get back into the print industry I'd be there you could have people email from the print industry out and be like no I actually got you wrong
5: didn't know we're turning to geeky printy
6: <laughs> printy brummy
5: I'm learning so much <laughs> so you go to a games convention you learn about elimination and printing
6: alright <laughs> where can we all find people online Lee where can we find you on social media um, I am
1: on twitter at the cheap thecheapferret and I am also alright
5: before you go any further yes. explain the twitter name
1: ok ok well um, I like ferrets and my surname is Price so those together um, yeah, and excellent. also my name elsewhere online is Bob the Pet Ferret. So it was a variation on that. Um I would recommend my YouTube channel, but I haven't updated that in like a year. So
6: Well you're gonna have to get on it now with all the yeah. fan bases you're gonna yeah. gather from today's yeah. episode. You have to now update your content. Yeah.
1: But if you're curious it is Bob the Pet Ferret at YouTube and then find me on Twitter at the Cheap Ferret.
6: That's a very noisy subway car that's being yes. a subway earthquake is coming towards us. It's empty. I know. God, that's loud. <laughs> Inconvenient. We're trying to record radio here, people. <laughs> Keith, where can we find you online? All the usual
3: places. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah, I have got a YouTube, actually, strangely enough.
6: Oh, um, oh, oh. I'm interested. My ears are very great hard up. Look. Hotel
3: or hardlock underscore hotel? Uh, I think it's hardlock hotel Did you say YouTube, YouTube or Red Chew? YouTube. <laughs> right, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fans only isn't working just <laughs> <well. My> YouTube Red. <laughs> oh, I knew I was forgetting. <laughs> And um, yeah, so basically it's hardlock unders- underscore hotel on Twitter without you underscore pretty much everywhere else. Um, but if you go to the website hardlockhotel.co.uk, you can probably find the links to pretty much everything you need there. Just don't look at the dates on anything. It's fine. Just imagine I posted it all yesterday, <laughs> if it's your first visit.
5: Guy, where can we find you online?
6: I don't want to... I don't wanna. you want to show off your ridiculously overpriced
5: record collection?
6: I haven't really been putting anything up recently because I've been playing with too many computer games, so, like, I haven't really been posting. You've been up. playing with Lara Croft photo mode. Tell the truth. That is fantastic. That have is we actually played often. the game, or have we just been doing photo mode? It's, well, it's nice because you can make her look like she's on holiday, so you make her yeah. look like, like a really awkward smile. It's really funny. Yeah, I've not
1: played the game yet, but I've seen enough of the photos where people have just put the awkward smile on while she's just climbing a wall. It's great. <laughs> There's one guy online, apparently, he has been doing all the... De- Death cut scenes. Yeah. Pausing the death
5: cut scenes and making a smile when she's like being skewered while Spike is just with her with a thumbs up, like smiling away. And Lovely.
3: when did, when did Keely Hawes yeah. start doing the voice for? Uh, in 2006. When, yeah. Okay. When,
5: when she started starring in the dolls. was Camilla Luddington for the first two games.
1: No, this was like Keely Hawes was like the last few games, like before they did the reboot, ah. so Tomb Raider Legend and stuff like that. Yeah. Because so.
6: Camilla Luddington was the reboot. Yes. And vinyl Guy hate on Instagram. Ryan, where can we find you? Snuggling up to his little sexy pillow that he bought today at the convention. You can find me
5: online at the personal Twitter, which is Ryan Parrish, the food and stuff is at Brummy Go And you can find us all at Geeky Brummy Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, geekybrummie.com, and on the Yowchobes. Cool. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends. Go download the podcast now.
6: Thanks uh to EGX and thank you to the people who I randomly ambushed trying to find my friends. Uh asking them had they seen my friends. I apologize if you were scared by the long haired Jap Lat look who who did just ask you random questions. Love. And thank you to
5: all the creators we've spoken to over the day and weekend.
6: Thanks. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for letting us corrupt you.
5: Yeah, thank you. it's been a pleasure. Yes. And thank you to all our lovely listeners for listening to this.
6: Oh, Alright, it's getting too sappy now, so <laughs> <laughs> Was there a man walking around with a dead mouse hat on? What? To do it doesn't let me just get dead mouse. But he's walking it. around
5: with Kakashi from Naruto, which is not a kind of fan prop, fan
1: crossover that you'd expect.
6: Is that a cosplay? That's not a
1: cosplay. It's a cosplay.
6: Uh
9: debateable. Alright, let's leave it there. Bye everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.